Hey there, listener, and welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Today, I'm joined by a friend of the show, DJ Sean Denae. We speak with a recent contestant on NBC's summer hit, Songland. We talk about his experience on the show, his songwriting process, and yes, he plays an exciting round of Song Association. His single, Honest Mistake, is out now. Please welcome my guest, Max Embers. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. I have two very special guests today. My first guest, you may recognize him from a recent episode of Songland, the new hit that is sweeping the nation um, this summer. And he is just an incredible songwriter and artist. Max Embers, thank you for joining the show. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. And my second guest, you know her, you love her. She's a guest to the show, DJ Chandonet. She's been with us um, when we talked about Panic and had the music roundtable. And she was with us when we talked about Charlie Poof, who's also a guest on Songland. So welcome to the show, Chandonet. Yes, thank you so much for having me again. I'm like a friend of the show at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. Max, let's start off with you. Um, You hold a songwriting degree from Berklee College of Music. How did receiving an education in music impact your career? Ooh, I think going to Berklee was, I mean, obviously you you take a lot of classes that do make you a better musician, but I think the biggest um, and most amazing benefit uh, was just like meeting all the people. Like there, Berklee has 40% um, international students. So I met, people from all over the world like I I think I have friends in every single continent now that I could um, call up and like visit if I wanted to I could learn from their musical backgrounds and soak up like all the you know diverse um, yeah musical landscape um, that there was at Berkeley which was really beautiful and I moved to so I finished Berkeley in 2016 and moved to LA after and having the Berkeley community that now is out here as my support network is just like amazing. I don't, I don't know if I could come up with like I don't know any other scenario in which I would have all of my friends basically move to the same city with me. You know, like I'm I'm living with my two best friends who are both musicians. I have like so many people here that I can collaborate with, and I just wouldn't have that network if it weren't for Berkeley. What does your like songwriting creative process look like? I think it's it's different every time. Um, I come from a very, like, I feel like you could say, like, some songwriters come from a lyrical uh-huh. perspective and some come from a musical perspective. And I, I mean, I'm from Germany. So for the first, I don't know, 11 or 12 years of my life, I listened to music, to English music, and I didn't really even know what it was about. Um, so, and I started playing piano when I was five. So basically my entire childhood I grew up just like listening to music and trying to figure it out on the keys learning by ear and just really connecting with the melody and harmony first now that I've lived in the U.S. for five six years my like I'm lyrics are more and more important to me they're so important to me at this point but they didn't used to be because I just didn't understand them so still now I think I usually just sit down at the piano and I start coming up with chords and melodies because that's, you know, where I live. 
I have a couple co-writers that I like, really love working with because like one of my favorite co-writers, her name is Emily Shearman. Uh, she's very lyric driven. So I think the two of us work well together because we complement each other. You know, like, I, I mean, I love writing lyrics and I think I come up with good lyrics too, but she really is like, when I write with her, I know we're going to come up with something cool because she, she never runs out of like lyrical ideas. I never run out of musical ideas. And so that is, is a great songwriting marriage <laughs> i could tell that when i first heard you um on songland i'm like this melody is everything <laughs> I, I, uh. imme- I immediately noticed that i was like freaking out so yeah i can definitely tell thank that <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> thank you so much so speaking of songland um when did you write the song back home which we're going to talk about which changed its title but i don't <laughs> want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it so um how did you i mean when did you write that song and how did you decide to make it your audition song for songland so i wrote the song in december 2017 so like uh, no 18 oh my goodness it's 2019 already <laughs> Yeah, I wrote it in the end of last year, um, and I was at a studio with Emily, who I just mentioned, and another good friend of mine, Elliot, um, Elliot Marchant, and we we were just in the studio. And I, last year was kind of a complicated year for me. It was just there were a lot of things that were all over the place, and I came into the session just like pretty exasperated <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this has been such a long year, and I'm really excited for a new year to come and just like a fresh start. Um, can we, can we just like write about that? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the first line of back home is it's been a long, long year that went by too fast. Um, and that's just how I felt at the time because so much has happened, but not enough. I've, I felt like I hadn't accomplished enough. And so kind of, it's just a song about maybe being in a rough spot in your, in your life, but being excited to start fresh. Yeah. So I wrote it. It was, I think, the last song that I wrote last year before going back home to Germany, which is also ironic. Before Sean asks her question, I want to ask real quickly, um, how did you find out about Songland? And was there kind of a breakdown or a pitch or like a casting call online? How did you find out about Songland? Yeah, I mean, there I actually got hit up about it by a couple of different people. Um, Some of my just like industry contacts reached out to me and were like, Hey, there's this new show. It sounds really exciting. And I think you'd be perfect for it. Do you want to check it out? Um, but also I had a casting agent from the show reach out to me. I don't know where she heard me, maybe on, on Instagram or something. And, um, at that point, having heard about the show from a couple different people, I was like, okay, I should definitely check it out and went through the application process, which is just like you, I submitted a bunch of my songs. Um, Back Home was just one of several songs. And, like, I didn't know, while going through the application process, I didn't know which song was going to end up in the show, if at all. I mean, I didn't know that I was going to be in the show. But it came as a surprise to me that Back Home was the one they picked. But I'm, I was excited about it. Okay, so um, while you're on Songland, do you learn anything from, you know, Ryan Tedder specifically or anyone else you may have come in contact with? Did I, are you saying, did I learn anything, like, uh-huh. as far as songwriting is concerned? Yeah. Definitely. I think I learned so much, honestly. I I would say that as an artist for my own project, I'm not in a place where I try to always make it as poppy as possible. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I think I'm an indie artist, and, like, some of my music is pretty soulful. Some of it is, like, a little more 
jazzy even i mean i i i have my issues with that word when it comes to my music but i think yeah i think it's like a little jazzy a little out there a little um indie and for this particular purpose i feel like we were really trying to make what i brought in um more commercial and more, yeah. you know, um, accessible, which yeah. makes so much sense. I mean, like Back Home was a song that I wrote about my life in the end of last year, which and, and it was like very personal, very, you know, it's like a mellow mid-tempo um, song, pretty emotional. And I feel like for John, we wanted to make it a little more um, upbeat, positive and and commercially accessible. And I feel like in the process of just like working with Ryan, he he has such a good sense of like what's gonna be. Yeah, I get. I don't know if accessible is the word, but what's gonna be the most um, easy to listen to, fun mm-hmm. to listen to. Like he's all about like repeating melodies. Yeah. Um, making making it simple enough. I mean, and and he didn't dumb it down. I wouldn't say at all. Like, but it was it was just like making sure that the melodies and the the words like fits so well together that anybody who listens to it is just going to latch onto it immediately and um to get a little more technical i think one thing that he's very um particular about is Mm -hmm. making sure that the phonetics of the lyrics yeah aren't in any way complicated so like he wants it to to roll off your tongue super easily and I don't, I mean, I, I think I, I also try to make that happen when I write a song, but I'm not always, like, I, I feel like sometimes I'm more like, let's get the best lyric and make the melody fit that, more or less. And he's like, no, 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 no. You have a pop <laughs> melody. We're going to come up with the easiest phonetics for that line that feel the best. And I think that that's a huge lesson because in any, that's just going to make it better to listen to, you know? So I feel like I'm, I've been more aware of that since then when I write now. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, like when I when I watched the show, I noticed that Ryan has and obviously if anybody's followed Ryan Tedder's career, like yeah. you you know he has an ear for like what is going to resonate with the public and it's it's just so incredible Absolutely. to watch. So speaking of Ryan Tedder, um, when the panel started like workshopping your song right in front of you, like right after you pitched it to them, what was your initial reaction to that? Because nothing has like that been on TV before. And just like to see the breakdown of the songwriting process, what was your reaction to that whenever you came in the room? I mean, first of, when I f- first performed my song i like i really hadn't met the um people bef- like like brian esther shane and john i hadn't met them before yeah. so i was like s- nervous uh, i'm not gonna swear <laughs> but like i was very nervous uh so i think i was just like once i had sung my song i was like so happy that it was over <laughs> and just excited that um i mean i think i sounded good and everything so there was relief that was the number one feeling and then seeing them break it down was like super interesting. I, you know, you you I obviously sang like a an abbreviated version of my song, so they didn't hear the whole thing. And I f- found it interesting to um, work with them just on the basis of like the minute and a half that they had heard. John hadn't heard the whole song. I don't know if the other people had, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting even for the audience. I think about this. Like they see a minute and a half of either version of the song on TV, right? And I don't think it represents the whole song, but obviously it should give them a good idea of what the song's like. 
Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting to have like a an initial or like a, a an immediate feedback based upon like a, an abbreviated ver- abbreviated version of the song. Um, I think they were spot on. Like they, some of the things that they said were like repeat the melodies more and and be more precise melodically, maybe even lyrically. It was super impressive to see all of them just jump. Like John jumped on the keyboard and and sang back melodies right away, and he sounded like an angel. Kind of came up with his own verse melody that was also beautiful. And they're all they're all musical geniuses, and like they really know what they're talking about. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I wanted to go back and sing the whole song for them so that they because you know like in the verse like we we made the verse half as long for the purpose of TV and um I really wanted for them to get a grasp of the whole thing. But with that being said, I think all of the suggestions they had and the changes they had even though they had only heard a minute and a half were spot on. So what is your, like, your secret sauce? Like, sauce. I can't say it. Sauce. <laughs> what is your sonic signature, you know, something that we can hear in all of your songs that is uniquely you? Mm, I like this question. Are we talking songwriting or are we talking arrangement of the songs? It can be arrangement-wise. Like, that's something that's, you know, okay. you know pretty, pretty awesome to look at, too. I mean, so let's start with songwriting. I think that as I said, I come from a, like a super harmonic um, driven background and I love more complicated harmonic developments. So like if it were up to me, I'd go probably through like a couple different key changes and like just make it <laughs> <laughs> more complicated than the average listener is down for. So yeah, I sometimes like reel it in a little bit when I'm writing just to, you know, make it more accessible again but um but that's i think that is still a signature like i i have some of my songs i still try to incorporate that like maybe i'll have a bridge that takes it to a completely different place musically and harmonically or or i try for i try for each section of the song to elevate the the song musically through melody and harmony yeah, so that it doesn't get too monotone. I just I I love songs that like you know if if I'm if I've learned from people like Stevie Wonder, Sting, um, all all of the amazing like Elton John, there was so much musical, harmonic and and melodic development through one song, and I feel like sometimes I'm missing that in the pop landscape today, um, and I think there's a space for it. I like, yeah. So that's musically speaking songwriting wise i just like i just want it to be exciting harmonically and melodically um and i haven't released a lot of the music that i'm going to be releasing this year but i would say if it comes to arrangement um i love like intricate vocal arrangements so having so many layers of background vocals and um i don't know having my little uh, ad lib track where I'm riffing a little bit. Uh, yeah, just the vocal production is like my favorite thing to work on. Awesome. Just a quick segue. So, like, what would be your um, your most used like creative tool or like your most used like you know plugin software something that you use Ooh. to help you kind of so, so arrangement wise, like when I'm recording, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fun. There, there are so many fun things. I. 
I mean, I love working with vocoders. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you two uh -huh. have heard um, my most recent single that I put up before, uh, Looking Up. Um, it's called Honest Mistake. And that one has like so many uh, vocoder effects throughout the whole song like the, that are weaving in and out. And I, it's like my favorite thing. I, I have a friend who has... Or, I mean, even if I do it here, just, like, having a piano hooked up to a vocoder and just sitting down and playing through my songs with just vocoder is so fun. For, I mean, some people who might listen to this podcast maybe don't know what vocoder is. It's basically, um, I can hit keys on the keyboard, and wh when I sing, my voice will automatically also be hitting those keys. I don't know if there's a better way to explain it, but basically I'm harmonizing with myself. Um, and I can I can make a whole song where it sounds like I'm I'm playing or I'm singing multiple voices at the same time, basically. So fun. I'm obsessed with the vocoder. I think the first initial like introduction to it was when um, I saw the the behind the scenes process of Taylor Swift recording her song Delicate, and she used the vocoder. And yeah, yeah, and oh, that's yeah. an example of like somebody who's used it. But yeah, like I love. Like, Sean and I, we nerd out about music and, like, the behind-the-scenes production. That's why we're, like, such big fans of this uh, show. Songwriting has been hidden in the behind-the-scenes, and I'm glad that it's, like, coming to the forefront now. Like, we have, like, producers who are actually named on the track, or you, you have more people who are coming out from behind-the-scenes and are getting more well-known. So um, if there was something that you wanted to let the world know about songwriters that they don't already know, what would you tell them? Like, what's something that people should know about songwriters since they've always been kind of hidden behind the scenes. Yeah. I, hmm, one thing that I would like for people to know, I just, I think exactly what the show Songland is doing is what's needed right now. Like I think songwriters honestly don't get the recognition they deserve. Not only like, not only do people not know about them, but also I feel like when it comes to even like paying songwriters and getting the royalties that they deserve, I think there's kind of a, I say this in the most loving way uh, to the industry, but I think there is some sort of a double standard between songwriters and producers and producers have had their like, s they've been in the spotlight a little bit now, as you say, which is amazing. Like they 100% deserve that. Um, and I, I love that s producers can be artists now, you know? But at the same time, I feel like, um, let's say an artist cuts a song, a producer will always get a production fee right away. Like they, they, even if the song, if the artist cuts the song and they get the production, um, the producer gets a fee no matter what, no matter how well the song does or not. You know, songwriters don't. Songwriters get royalties way after the song has been released. This could be a massive radio hit, and it's still gonna take a half year or, or, or longer for the royalties to trickle in. And I, I just think that's some sort of a double standard because producers have the spotlight now and songwriters don't. And I feel like that could be a little more equal. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, both, both when it comes to pay and just also like, you know, getting the recognition. And I think so Songland is a beautiful way to bring that to the public's attention. Agreed. So I did some very light snooping on your Instagram, very light. And <laughs> so um, okay. I noticed that you had written like on your headline that your primary mood is nostalgia for the present. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Hmm. Yeah. I, nostalgia for the present, uh, present. I, 
heard that phrase a couple of years ago and it just like stuck with me ever since. I think I'm not like, I'm not a sad person most of the time, but I, I, I feel very deeply and I'm pretty emotional for sure. So I think I just find myself in a lot of situations where it doesn't have to be anything sad at all. It could be something really beautiful about the moment or just like, could be just the general feeling of happiness like or when i'm around people that i really really love or in beautiful places i just think that nostalgia for the present describes best what i feel it's like uh <laughs> hmm. just like being really emotional about like the beauty of life and like being in the, the present, present yeah and, and you know like that whichever moment you're in right now the the now is all mm-hmm. we have at any point and Sometimes there's like a little bit of sadness that comes with like the beauty of that. Like any given moment can be so amazing and beautiful. And like at the same time, it's going to, it's so fleeting. It's going to be gone in a couple, you know, in, in the blink of an eye. And that's what makes life so precious and so beautiful. And yeah, I can, I, I think it's like finding it that, that, I don't know. It just makes every moment so precious. And that feels nostalgic to me. Oh, I get that. I'm not nostalgic. I'm sometimes not nostalgic about the past, for sure. Who is it? Yeah. But, like, more often than not about the present. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I love that. And what I love about you and your music and your um, songwriting is that you are very storytelling, which I think is like a huge component of any kind of art craft is actually inserting story to whatever product you're um, creating. How did that come into play whenever you were on the show? Maybe when you were collaborating with Ryan or working on your song or transforming your song, how did storytelling come into the songwriting process? It was a huge part of it for sure. I, so as I said, like I came with the song being a very personal story about my life and like being in a in a little i don't know low low phase or whatever and when we transformed the song into looking up i think what we had to make sure was that we were still keeping some of the original idea which is like basically being positive i mean like even though i wasn't in a great place like back home is all about like keeping a faith and being like no you know what i'm like as long as I'm here, I'm going to make it home. Like, there's no giving up, basically. When we um, rewrote the song for John, Ryan and I were both like, okay, so he's in a very specific situation in his life. He has a wife, he has children, um, and we want to tell his story. So we kind of transformed it into a relationship song about another person and being like, I mean, in no relationship, no relationship is perfect, and everybody has, like, ups and downs and so we wanted to talk bring it into that setting you know and and say to the other person you know even even when we have our our downs like i'm still here and i am looking up and i i'm gonna bring the stars to you like i'm gonna work my hardest until the end of my life to like make this a beautiful relationship and we just wanted to tell that story and make it um as authentic as we could just to kind of pull on that just a little bit, have you ever written a song where it's like, maybe this is a little bit too personal, like too vulnerable? Um, or if you don't feel that way, is it is that rawness and I guess realness something that you seek to always achieve? Definitely. I mean, I've written songs that 
after I wrote them, I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to show this to anyone. Like, this feels so personal. But yeah. I've also, like, I think my journey in the past, I would say five or six years, like, since I moved to the U.S., has been, for, at least internally for me, focused on becoming my most authentic version uh, version of myself and, like, not be ashamed of that. And I think as a songwriter and as an artist, that's, like, the not, for me, the most important thing, like... The songs that I write are the songs that I write, and I want to be able to share them, and I've, I think I've come to a place where I feel comfortable doing that, even when that's that might be hard for other people to hear, it might be hard for me to share, but like I think that makes music the most beautiful. Like I've written, I've written a song that is unreleased as of yet, but um, it's about my mom and like how she was just like my biggest superwoman throughout my childhood they're such to me like vulnerable and intimate details about that song that i don't know i mean like one day i'm going to release it that's going to be weird but but i'm, I'm, I'm at the same yeah. time i feel like that's what makes it special and i think it's what makes people re um really connect with it i think vulnerability might be you know one of my most important goals with my music that's wonderful because i feel like vulnerability and being more um exposed and having kind of like almost like a diary within yeah. songwriting yeah is is more popular now and it, it's like to connect with audiences because i feel like if the audience can connect with something they're gonna relate to it more and they're gonna enjoy the experience mm -hmm. more if they find a piece of their own story within your story or whatever like you, you guys could yeah. have two completely different experiences or like two completely different life paths but you share the same i guess emotion within a song and i i feel like that's becoming more popular these days rather than just like you know whatever is hot and trending 100 percent. i think like for a while in the 2000s or early 2010 whatever to tens is that how you say it 2010s <laughs> The Thames. Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like there was a trend for music to get more and more simple as far as the message and the musical part of it was concerned. Um, and I believe that we're now in a place where that's not the case anymore. Like, I think a lot of artists are really trying to push boundaries again with the stories that they're telling, with the messages that they're um, trying to convey. And musically speaking, too, like making it, I don't know, I'm like so excited about some of the artists that are out there that are really um, not holding back. And I, and I think that I don't know why there was this notion that like the world wasn't ready to hear that, you know, the messages and, the, and even the musicals, like making substantial music. I think people want to hear that. People want real messages and real emotion and vulnerability. Um, and we see it when like there's the biggest artists of our time right now, the ones that are going to be legends in 50 years, make substantial music with substantial messages. And then there's a bunch of artists who just like try to make it easy and like a quick, you know, hit or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it might be, it might get whatever how many million streams or whatever but like i don't think anybody's going to remember it in 10 years and i'm excited that there's a um i can see a trend now for music to get more substantial again i'm excited about it yes yes 
<laughs> so we're going to switch gears now, and we're going to play a little game called Song Association. Okay. Um, I have to pull a disclaimer here that I, I kind of ripped this off the L YouTube channel and also Terrell Grice. Terrell, if you're watching, I'm sorry that I stole your game. But, listening. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening. Sorry, if you're listening, I, I apologize for stealing your game. So the way that it works is that uh, Sean and myself have come uh, put together a list of words. Mm. Uh, we're going to go back and forth. Her and I are going to go back and forth. We're going to give you a word. And for that word, you have 10 seconds to find a song within that word to sing it. Oh so um, I hope that you're up for the challenge. Okay. And it's going to be a fun little game. Let's do it. <laughs> so I'll I'll kick off the game. Your first word, it's an easy one. Your first word is stars. Your first word is stars. Ah. Well, there's praying to the stars when they are making miles as long as they're above us. I keep look looking up. I haven't sung all day, so or like even well, used my voice a lot, so I apologize for the morning voice. <laughs> But yeah, that's one. <laughs> yes, yes. Go listen. Go stream it. Go share it. <laughs> Shameless blog. Go stream looking up. It's awesome. Sean, your word? Yes, my word is news. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, I don't... Whoa, that was such a failure. I don't know. Success. <laughs> Wait, okay, now now I need you to tell me which song could I have come up with. Oh my god, you know what? Oh my god, I swear I was listening to like, I feel like yeah. Tears for Fears or something, and I was like... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you're thinking, because I, I can't think of a song that comes... No. I, wait, wait, let me get it. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Tears for Fears song, or like Phil Collins, or you know what, it might have been, been Phil okay. Collins or something I was listening to. <laughs> Ooh, I let you down oh, there. That is a good word to stomp someone with. Yeah. I, tr- I trust you with that, though, because it is, it is a good stopping word. Because I can't think of any anywhere that has, I mean, any song that has uh, news in it. I'm like, maybe like the musical Newsies? <laughs> like, that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm like, for my next word, stranger. My ne- your next word is stranger. Uh, okay. Um, oh, my God. Why am I so bad at this? Stranger in the moonlight. No, I feel like I'm making this up. Is that a song? No. <laughs> Stranger in the moonlight. Should we write that song? Is that not a thing yet? Hey, that's an idea. That's a songwriting idea right there. Stranger I am, in the moonlight. I think I'm really bad at this. Ooh, wait. I, I just came. Okay, I know the 10 seconds are over, but there's a secret song that's like, Strangers, perfect pretenders. There. there. Yes, you go. yes, yes. I was thinking of Sam Smith and Normani dancing with a stranger. Oh, that was what I was thinking. Yes. Ah. I'm whenever, terrible. Yeah. I feel like whenever I'm like put on the spot, my brain just freezes and I can't think of any songs. <laughs> oh, I get it. Same thing. Same thing. I play this uh, game with my best friend, and I'm like, I cannot for the life of me think of any songs with these words in it. Yeah, I, I watched. I watched Sierra do it, and she was like amazing at it. She could come up with things right away. Right. Oh. <laughs> So what's the next word, Sean? All right. I'm going to make this easy. Okay. Um, well, maybe for me. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I Oops. did it There again. we go. <laughs> that was my Britney Spears impersonation. 
you, you gotta throw in the little like nasality there like oops like you gotta like you gotta like throw if you're doing Britney you gotta like throw in the little like nasal patches there yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 for my word I think this might be my last word before Sean gives her word but my word is love and I will always love you. Yes. That's what I got. Yes. That's, that seems to be a go-to for everybody that mm-hmm. I played that word with. Like, it's either I will always love you or Nat King Cole love. Mm. So, yeah, the, that seems to be yeah, a go-to. Yeah, it's spelled out in that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do light. Light. Um... Turn the lights and the lights down low. Oh, that's a good song. Max, right? Do you know the artist? It's such a good song. Oh, I love that song. I love it, too. I love that song. A plus. (laughs) Thanks. It's a great song. Yes. Another Max. I just realized that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You and I should have a duet. Max and Max. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you actually killed that game. Good Awesome job uh, killing that game. Yes, thanks. yes. News really had... tripped me up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, same. I don't know any... Uh, I got homework now. Like... I'll just find five songs. With... No, I heard it. I heard it in a song. I swear it was, like, maybe Tears for Fears or... I'll, I'll or something look up like some songs with the word news in them. We're going we're gonna to have to, like, Google news lyrics. That's yep. like, you'll probably get, like, a lot of Huey in the li- news, like, <laughs> lyrics. But, like, we'll, we'll find something. We'll find something. Sure. Well, guys... Yeah. It's been an amazing chat. I like. I wish that everybody could like look up your music and look up your guys's content because you guys are amazing. So let's go ahead and give you some plugs, uh, Max. Give them your socials so that way they can like follow you, keep up with your music because you have some music in the works. I saw you on Instagram story. Uh-huh. Like you said that like an album is in the works. So yes. let's go ahead and give them some plugs. Um, yeah, my, my Instagram handle is Max Embers, E-M-B-E-R-S music. Um, same thing for Twitter and my Facebook fan page. I have a website, maxembers.com. Um, and a couple of songs are out on like all streaming platforms. So if you want to listen to the song that I did on Songland Looking Up or my latest single, Honest Mistake, you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, Max Embers. Yeah. And Sean, where can people find you on social media? So I am Sean Denae on everything. So easy to find me. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to find well, you afterwards. And... Yes, yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find news oh, for yeah, you. I'm going to send please, it to please, you when please, I find please. the song. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. It's been an amazing chat. We should totally do this again. Uh, yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's so great to meet both of you. My guest today was Max Embers. If you want to hear Max's music or learn more about him, visit the link in the show notes. Popner Lounge is produced by Steph Pham and V Co. Graphic design is by V Co. And the show is edited and hosted by Steph Pham. If you like this episode, please make sure you visit our website, popnerlounge.com. On our website, you'll be able to listen to all of our episodes, subscribe to get notified of our latest releases, and contact us if you have any show suggestions or any guest ideas you'd like to have on the show. Be sure to also follow us on our Instagram page, at popnerlounge. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you tune in next time to nerd out on more pop culture. For Popner Lounge, I'm Steph Pham.